All right, welcome back to another episode of the Deep Dig of Sports Pod. I'm your host, Drew, with my other host. What's up? It's D. Tough day. Tough day on Sunday. It is a tough week to get through this week. What are your thoughts Chicago. on that initial loss versus the Chicago Bears? Man, I'm glad we did this today on Wednesday rather than right after the game. Um, I had some choice words for my television. Um, I'm very, you know, I'm a cool, calm, and collected guy, but when it comes to football, I was I was highly upset. This was a game that the 49ers should have won. This is a game that was wrapped up. This is a game where the Chicago Bears fans who were sitting there at Soldier Field were actually booing the Bears at one point. And then that uh, Drake, they boo, they were literally booing them when Drake Greenlaw had that face mask and extended the the drive for them. So everything was all but wrapped up except the score. And it felt like the, the team was dominating. And you look at the scoreboard and you're like, eh. Eventually, these like something's gonna hit, right? And it just never like equated to to points on the board. So it was just a weird feeling. Um, obviously disappointed with the outcome, but I mean, moving forward, the Seahawks are the only ones with a win on the board as far as the NFC West. So you you feel helpful for that, but it's it's also like, dude, we dropped one we shouldn't have dropped. What is it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was a weird game because I felt like the whole time watching it, I was like, oh, the 49ers are dominating this game. And I thought Justin Fields played terrible besides like two throws and a couple runs. And Trey Lance, to me, far outplayed Justin Fields. I don't think he, other than the interception, he didn't really make mistakes. And I felt really good about the team until that second half came and we just started giving up penalties. Uh, We're not finishing drives. And then obviously the interception put them in great field position. So I think it was just one of those games where everything went the Bears way. Sometimes everything falls a certain way for a team, and that's what I think happened. I'm not too worried about the Niners, but definitely would have would have been great to get an easy win that day where we should have got the win. But, I mean, one thing goes wrong and the next thing goes wrong, and it just snowballs into Justin Fields' slip sliding his way into a win. So... Whatever, man. As far as I'm concerned, next week is week one because (laughs) the Rams lost and the Cardinals lost. And that's who we really care about in the division. And we get to play the Seahawks. And so I'm looking forward to that game. If we start one on one, we're first place in the division again. So. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I tweeted this out. So if you follow us on Twitter, you've seen this already, but this just felt like a typical like. Kyle Shanahan season opener like take it as you will like I think off like offensively obviously Kyle is great but there are games throughout the season where the team just comes out and it just like like flat they don't execute well they feel like oh man like there's just something missing there and if you're going to be a big boy which like Kyle is considered one of the like top head coaches in the league you can't drop games like this, dude. You don't see Andy Reid out there just laying an egg. You don't see like these other guys like Sean Payton and even LaFleur, like the games that LaFleur was supposed to win, LaFleur would win. Um, I mean, they got murked this this past Sunday, but you know, my point is like if you want to be considered a big boy, you gotta finish the games where the team's not as talented as you and the Chicago Bears just weren't. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. We're way more talented. We have superstars on this team. I mean, Kittle was hurt. Elijah Mitchell got banged up. But our defense was somewhat healthy with uh, just Jimmy Ward being out. And, man, they just kind of shit the bed because of the penalties, man. They they kept setting up the Bears to keep going on these drives. And eventually they're going to score. You know, they're an NFL team. And as far as, like, Trey Lance's play, he made a lot of great throws downfield, which uh, Justin Fields didn't make as many good throws downfield as Trey Lance, in my opinion. He had that one where uh, the touchdown throw, uh, not not the scramble drill one he did where he threw it across the field, but the other touchdown where he threw it in the middle of the field, kind of a broken coverage. But other than that, I think Trey Lance outthrew him, man. Uh, Juwan Jennings, that connection with Trey Lance was amazing. That game was on display. And yeah, I, I think I just didn't like the play calls from Kyle uh, in the second half, the first half. We started off great on the like everything was hitting on the first drive and then we fumble and we lose momentum. And then I feel like Kyle just went to his shell, man. Like, where was the aggressiveness? Like nothing. We didn't do anything to have some urgency or press the matter against them. Man, I think so. There was three plays that really like stick out to me that Greenlaw face mask that really like it kept that drive alive. The next play that I'm I'm. 100% 100% sure that the next play was that Dante Pettis touchdown. And again, the fans are fucking booing them. Like we should have been up by a crazy amount before then, but that just stupid plays like that kept it alive. So that's one, the Debo fumble. Obviously that's a mood killer. If you know, we stay there, at least it's a field goal, but I think we scored the touchdown, how we're moving the ball. And then the McLinchy sack which takes us out of field goal range in the first half the mcglinchy sprint away yeah the mcglin the infamous now mcglinchy sprint away he gives up the sack and then he runs off the sideline doesn't help out trey lance it was i posted this too given off ray from the remember the titan scene where he's like i'm not gonna block for him (laughs) vibes yeah he gotta be pretty bad on that play i mean the whole line was getting pretty abused that game the interior of our offensive line does not look like it's something we could rely on. And Trey Lance ran the ball a lot in that game plan and not just scrambling, like actually called run plays, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought they would try to protect him more, but it looks like Kyle's like, well, if I don't trust him to throw it, we're going to run the shit out of it with him. Yeah. And that's one thing like I didn't want to see was the same game plan that they were running with like that Cardinals game where he was running QB powers, where he was running uh, QB delays. And I seen that. I think it was a third and long. It was that QB delay. And it's like, okay, cool. But how many times is he going to get hit? You can't sustain that. Yeah. And do you think that's a matter of like Kyle knows he has Jimmy in his back pocket. So if Trey Lance does get hurt. He's like, whatever. I'll just keep running him until he gets hurt. And then Jimmy rolls out there. I mean, I think it's a nice to know, like you have this guy that's capable of sitting there, but come on, this guy's supposed to be the franchise moving forward. You can't have him out there just, you know, getting hit like that, dude. I mean, we'll see if Kyle's running like that with Kurt Banker as the backup. Hey, let's go. <laughs> um, So yeah, bad loss. I think overall for me, I'm not too worried about it. They played in a monsoon, which they might play in again. Uh. They got reports of really bad weather. 
coming for the Seahawks game, but at least, you know, they had the week one experience. So now they'll be used to it, hopefully. And Trey Lance will throw a little bit more uh, than Gino. But overall, I'm not too worried about this loss. I think penalties killed us, a couple broken coverages, and Trey looked good, man, to me. Uh, not really make, didn't really make a lot of mistakes. He made some great throws. If we get the run game going more, then I feel really good about us. What do you think? I think that there's a couple things to blame here, but I think the first like first one to blame is going to be Kyle because again, you're the head coach. Everything goes up to you. Um, that was just a sloppy game, dude. And yeah, we could blame the mon- this monsoon weather, but it was pretty clear for the first half. In the first half, they should have dominated. They should have been up three scores. Like that's just inexcusable, especially if you're the offensive coach. So like, yeah, we could go ahead and, you know, cop out and say like, oh, well, it was the weather, but they should have been up before the weather kicked in bad. And then on top of that, like, I think my other biggest takeaway is Hufunga's a dog, bro. He was all over the place. He was nasty. I think that like if we get him and Jimmy Ward together, they actually might turn out to be the the best uh, safety tandem in the league. Like he was, it, I was super surprised about it. Yeah, I agree. Funga was amazing out there, but let's put that one play on him. He did give up that touchdown in the middle of the field. He was the, the a high safety. Didn't quite see the guy break out in the middle right of the field. Couldn't get there in time. The guy's wide open and. I think that's what you take with Ufunga, though. He's not going to be the most amazing coverage safety, but that boy's going to get in there and hit. He's going to break up run plays. And when the opportunity comes, he will be in the right spot for a pass here or there to get an interception. But sometimes he's going to miss them. And that might get better with time. Yeah. And I think, again, it's going to help to have Jimmy Ward pairing because Jimmy Ward could cover field so fast. Um, that you feel comfortable with Hufunga, like again, playing that like rover position where he's just all over the field. Uh, and he was like, he was getting hits, dude. It was, it was pretty nice to see. I, I was surprised. All right. So wrapping up that bears game, let's move on. Trey Lance going forward. We have Jimmy G still people are already calling for Jimmy G to play. What are you looking for in Trey going forward? And what do you expect? So. Just, you know, to one last note on the game, I think you're 100% right. I think that he really did outplay, you know, Justin Fields. I, I liked everything that Trey Lance did besides the pick. Um, and then, of course, it got really crazy as far as the rain towards the, the end of the first fourth quarter. But he looked good, dude. They had so, to put virtual lines on the field. That's how bad it was. It was a mess. It was. Yeah. So. That aside, you can't even take anything he did in that fourth quarter like seriously. But the rest of the game, he looked pretty good. He had that one pick, but I guess the, moving forward, I'm not as concerned. I think that I would, again, like to see less runs from him. I would like to see him, you know, just sit back in the pocket and not have to worry about it. But that interior line is is not looking good. Aaron Banks is not looking good. I know I seen someone post that, oh, his like PFF grade, he was like, oh, really good. He only had two uh, pressures. Uh, he looked like shit, dude. If you just watch the game, you noticed him and you noticed he was bad. So with that being said, like I would expect in good weather with decent blocking, 
I'd feel pretty good about Trey Lance moving forward. I think that there's no reason to, like, oh, we need Jimmy in there. If Jimmy was in there, he's Jimmy, first off, is a statue. He has cement cleats. He was not going to be with that O line, with that weather. He was not going to be any better than Trey Lance. He's probably going to be worse and he probably would have got hurt. Uh, so I think that we stick to the course. We know there's going to be growing pains as far as Trey Lance's development, but you need a guy to develop. You need him to go through these things. Yeah, I think one of the realest tweets I saw from uh, after the game was someone I don't I don't remember who, but someone tweeted, uh, "I wonder what Trey would have looked like would have looked like uh, on Sunday if he played all of last season." And that's kind of where we're at. Is Kyle didn't want to commit to him last year, and it worked out because Jimmy got us to the NFC Championship game. But now we're hitting those repercussions of this guy's basically still a rookie, and yeah. If you're committing to trading up for the number three pick and he's a project, but yeah, Kyle didn't want to go through these growing pains last year and we're going to go through them this year. And if they didn't, if they still were starting Jimmy, we would be going through these next year. Either way, this guy was going to have some games where he struggles or where he just doesn't know how to finish games and you know, everything you get as a young quarterback, he's not going to step in and be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Like people want him to be, but I feel really good about what I saw and what I saw as a quarterback that doesn't make a lot of mistakes, a guy that can make some great throws, a guy that can run the ball and a guy that is a professional at the end of the day. So I'm really looking forward to how he looks compared to week one to week 17. Yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent right. Every young guy eats it every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like Josh Allen's first year, Josh Allen looked like Blake Bortles, but athletic. Um, look at Joe Burrow. He was on top of the world. He threw four picks in this past week. So everyone's going to have to go through those these roller coasters. Even Patrick Mahomes, people were like, what's going on with Patrick last year? But he still looked good, you know? So there is just going to be those the learning curve, and it's going to happen, guess what, on the actual playing field, not on the practice field. So you just got to go with it. You have to roll with these things, and you have to be prepared to, like, when like the going gets tough, you have to stick by this guy. There's no going back and forth. You can't Tua this situation and pull him in the fourth quarter and play the the vet. You got to let him ride it out. And that's that's my thing is everyone's like the the Jimmy backers are like we're built to win now. We have to play Jimmy because we're built to win now. I'm like, dude, we already drafted Trey. We can't change that. We want Trey to play so that we're ready to win now and we're ready ready to win for the next like five years on this guy's rookie contract. That's why I wanted him to play last year, get through all those growing pains, and then this year come in and be ready for a legit season, a legit go at a championship. So I don't know. We, we can't change the past now. We're, we're at where we're at, and Trey's going to get better every week. Hopefully Jimmy to Dallas. <laughs> Bro, that'd be crazy. But did you see Jerry Jones was talking about like, Oh, uh, it's going to be four weeks. It's going to be four weeks. That's ridiculous. There are no way. Their season is over, bro. They didn't look good and they lost Dak. Their season is over. Yeah. Um, They're going to roll out Cooper Rush. But yeah, I think. Again. You can't. You can't just rely on Jimmy moving forward, dude. We can't have that. Like you've got to stick with Trey Lance and you've got to make sure that 
you're setting yourself up. And yeah, we're built to win now, but guess what? Every the core of the team is actually signed on for multiple years. So we're built for now, we're built for you know the next few years. So let's make the most of it, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like to say we're built to win now, like, yeah, we're built to win now, but we're also built to win in the future, and we yeah. want to set ourselves up for a better future. Like, say hypothetically, Jimmy plays this year and he takes us to playoffs and we lose. So do we pay Jimmy $20 million to stay on next year? Like, what are we doing? Is he walking away for nothing or for the comp- compensatory pick? Um, what does trade you just ride it out another year? Is he Jordan Love at, at the number three pick? That's So like Jimmy has no future here. Why would we go back to him now just so he can leave us next year and Trey Lance de- hasn't developed at all? Or say we bring him back again. And now we have a crazy expensive quarterback room and a number three pick just sitting on the bench, wasting away. So tough spot, man. Tough spot. I just play Trey Lance. Let him get through it, man. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it. All right. So running back Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers got hurt early in this last game. Jeff Wilson Jr. took over, but the run game pretty much died out with Elijah Mitchell. What do you what are you hoping for moving forward? What do you think is going to happen with this running back room? Man, so claw frog, claw frog, raw dogs. Number one running back, Elijah Mitchell's hurt. And for those who don't know, that is my fantasy team. So I'm a big hurt about it. But yeah, I think uh, it was weird to see the run game die off as much as it did. Because you've seen flashes from Jeff Wilson. I was surprised that they didn't play um like Debo running back a little bit more but I know moving forward that they're going to have the the battle between Jordan Mason and TDP to see who's going to be that RB2 but I'm expecting a a healthy amount of Debo Samuel at the the wide back position I know you you said you didn't want to be wide back but you got paid let's go so I'm expecting it dude I think that we're going to see a lot of that. I know they just signed um, Marlon Mack to the practice squad, but I think it's good. I, I have a hard time seeing him getting elevated. Uh, what about you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think Debo is going to play a huge role. Uh, you got your money. So what's stopping us now from running you into the ground? Uh, but I also want to <laughs> see a lot of Iuke end arounds, a lot of Iuke, uh jet sweeps. Like, let's get this guy going, man. He's, he's an athlete. He's, really talented i want to see him get some easy plays and then as far as the running backs i i I mean i'm a jeff wilson fan but i didn't see anything from the guy last game and you know that i'm a jordan mason skeptic uh i don't think he's like as amazing as everyone points him out to be but i will give him credit he is explosive and I, i i want to see him against some ones let's give jordan mason some run and I'm not just saying that because my fantasy team, Deshaun Watson's lawyers, has picked up Jordan Mason off the waiver wire. So, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing if Jordan Mason turns out to be our number one back like uh, everyone predicted in preseason. So something to watch out for. But I'm just surprised that another running back didn't get really any play besides Jeff Wilson after Elijah Mitchell went down. You know what I mean? Um, and it was weird to see, like, when Elijah Mitchell was in there, he looked good, dude. 
And I really like when they fake that option, like, oh, uh, Trey Lance is going to keep it. Like, that makes the defense hesitate. Even though it's 100% it was going to be a run, wherever Trey Lance goes, you have to, like, somewhat keep an eye on him. Uh, so, knowing Kyle Shanahan, they're, they, that's what he wants to do. That's the bread and butter. But also knowing him, he trusts vets. So, if it's Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason competing for those, I think he's just going to give it to Debo. Yeah, an interesting addition with Marlon Mack. I think that's a great pickup. I think he was the best running back available in free agency. And he's a veteran. He's coming off injury. But he's someone that was explosive when he played. And he had his moments. I thought he kind of was a victim of circumstance in a loaded Indianapolis running back room. And then the Texans who they don't want to commit to any veterans right now. They got really young pieces. Uh, is it Damian Pierce? Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. That kid is going to be special. I mean, even though he didn't look at week one, uh, I think Marlon Mack has something left in the tank. He's only 26 years old. He's a guy that by the end of the season, if Elijah's still getting banged up in and out, he could be someone taking all the first team reps, and that's not a stretch to say. Uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of twos on this team. We got a lot. We got a couple threes on this team. Marlon Mack is someone who could be that in between one and two range. So I'm looking forward to him actually hitting the field and getting some run in maybe a week or two. I mean, we'll see, dude. We'll see how much he actually has left in the tank. To be honest. I'm not really expecting much. He got cut from the Texans. He didn't. I thought he looked better in preseason. I think he was getting his explosiveness explosiveness back. And I was excited to actually see him in Houston as their lead back. But you lose out to Rex Burkhead. <laughs> I don't know, bud. I don't know. I don't. Uh... Could be a contract thing. He was easy to cut. Yeah, easy cut because you can't. You just don't want to keep the guy. But if you're tearing it up and they, you know, what I mean. They're like, hey, you know what? We'll pay the extra, what, like two mil? Like, I doubt Marlon Mack was getting crazy money from the Texans. So I, I'm just has to, you know, got to put it out there. The Texans didn't want this guy. He might be done. But we'll see if he hits the field. But I would really like to see Kyle Shanahan just open it up. I know today he uh, actually said that he's just going to play the hot hand. And I think he should just roll with that. I think at first... The number one option for him is obviously going to be Debo, but I think we just need him at wide receiver. I would much rather just play one of the young guys and let's let's see what's going on. Or maybe Jeff Wilson shuts everybody up and he's like, you know what? I can do this. Let me prove I'm RB1. And he goes out there and just puts on a show. I'm I'm really excited to see uh Davis Price. Let's get him on the field and let's just see what let's see what happens. This is a guy that can be explosive. Could be fast, could be powerful. We've seen a lot of different things that he can do at LSU. And I mean, he does have draft status over Jordan Mason and he's a rookie. So he has like all this potential that, you know, we don't know what his floor or ceiling could be in comparing him to Jeff Wilson Jr., who we know who Jeff Wilson Jr. is. And he didn't look great last game. Let's see what TDP has, man. Uh, like to see him get a little bit of plays going here yeah i mean we'll see they said they're gonna battle it out in practice um and again like 
draft doesn't matter to Kyle Shanahan. We seen last year he rolled with Elijah Mitchell when Trey Sermon was drafted in the same round that TDP was. You know what I mean? So it doesn't. He literally doesn't give a shit. All he cares about is, hey, are you the type of back that I want, and can you play up to my speed? And we'll see which one ends up, you know, getting that number two spot. But uh, whoever it is, I, I hope they shine, dude. We need a run game. That's like one thing that the Shanahan offense is just predicated on, and we need that. Uh, and interesting to know, before the game, uh, Adrian Peterson said he wanted to play for the 49ers. That was one of his teams on the li- his list. And we ran a poll on Twitter. Who would you cut for Adrian Peterson? Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason, or Jeff Wilson Jr.? And the fourth option was, nah, he should retire. We had 60 votes, and 88% said that he should retire. So <laughs> I just thought that was interesting that a roster spot opened up, and we didn't call Adrian Peterson. We went straight to Marley Mack. So. He the was pe- in concussion protocol, bro. He was in concussion? Wow, he, he got f- fucking knocked out. <laughs> he did. <laughs> You do. Bro, yeah. you can't sign that guy. He's over here walking fucking basket case. You can't sign this motherfucker. If anything, uh, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, he earned the contract. We should call him up. Guy's looking sharp. But yeah. I thought it was interesting that uh, a running back spot opened, and the people were immediately like, "We we know Adrian Peterson. We're good." Yeah, it is what it is. It's not like it's like prime Adrian Peterson. You know what I mean? It's a uh... Uh, take him out to the pasture, you know, look at the flowers. I think you get like 30 yards a game, give him 20 carries. Um, Looking forward to next week. We have the first place Seattle Seahawks coming to town. Geno Smith. He didn't answer. <laughs> Oh god. He said I, I didn't write say, back. I didn't write back. They wrote him off, but he ain't right back. back. I ain't right back. back. That was dude, I'm not gonna lie, that was the hardest line. That was pretty hard to count. That right. was hard. Um yeah, him and Shelby Harris swagging out, talking shit. They earned that win against the Broncos, even though I say the Broncos mostly gave that win to them with some terrible well, chef kiss, terrible decision-making by their new head coach. What did you think about their game? Dude, I'm glad that Seahawks won the Pete Carroll revenge game. Let Russ cook. No, Russ cooking sucks. Let's go. Let so Gino actually... cook. <laughs> Gino cooking. But like one takeaway that I had was like, dude, if you like take away Gino Smith and you insert Jimmy G into that Seahawks offense, like, Gino had some pretty good little rollouts, some easy that touchdown pass he had was pretty nice. I'm like, ah, they, Jimmy G could do all that and a little bit more. Like, they, Seahawks might be pushing for a wild card spot if they had Jimmy G. And but like again, like this was the Pete Carroll revenge game. You know he wanted this so bad, and they like emptied the fucking tank on this. They it was a one point game, and they needed two like fumbles within the five yard line to win it. Like. I don't know and, how and like, a questionable, effective. questionable, questionable decision to end the game too. True. At so fourth it's and like, five. How effective are they going to be moving forward? They really don't have a lot of talent as far as they had like Kobe with a C, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jackson out there on the on their corner as their corners. 
I just don't know like if they're going to be able to compete with the talent that the 49ers have. Yeah, I saw that game as a Pete Carroll is unloading the clip. Geno Smith started what was he 10 for 10 to start the game? I think he was something it was like 14. Great. I think 14 he ended up like 17 of 18 at one point, but yeah, he, but he did really either well. Either way, he, he had the best start uh over Russell Wilson as a Seahawks quarterback. He had the most consecutive completions to start a game, which was impressive. The guy looked sharp out there. And I saw that first touchdown to Hollister, I believe. That was a little bit of a a, a dink and no one's here because everyone's covering downfield. So it wasn't the most impressive touchdown in my eyes. And they only put up 17 points. This isn't like a dominant showing of the Seahawks offense. The 49ers defense is better than the Broncos. Look at Ufanga. Would you say Ward was good? I would say he was pretty good. Again, it's it gets weird when you talk about like the weather in the game. And there was just so many mistakes. I, th- I the biggest one, the biggest donkey is fuck is Dre Greenlaw. So he was. And he I needs had, to have a redemption I had such game. high hopes for Dream, uh, Dre Greenlaw going into this game, and man, he just laid an egg. I I think he's gonna be better, obviously, but can't have dumb penalties, dumb mistakes, giving up like that. And you know what? Too, I'm not gonna let the defensive line slide either. Like they needed to be better. They started off the first half like getting Dominant. after after it bro but like the second half they didn't, i don't even think they had a sack dude it was like crazy for long periods of time there was just no pressure on, on that, uh, fields and that touchdown to dante pettis you can't give a quarterback that much time you let him roll out and just like sit on that side of the field for 10 seconds obviously everyone's going to be running to him because he's a mobile quarterback and then dante pettis just sitting there in the flat and what normally would be a terrible throw across his body, across the field. No one's there. So that's on the defensive line more than the uh, coverage team to me because you let him have so much time. Yeah. We can't, but we can't let that happen. Again, more talented than what the Broncos had. So I think yeah. that. And you just, said. You know, uh, tighten up these screws. You said someone went on IR. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan Willis went on IR. But we bring up Teray, who looked great in the preseason, couldn't make the roster, but kept on the practice squad. And yeah, we're looking forward to seeing this guy on the field. Honestly, I think he's more talented than Jordan Willis. But yeah, I think so. I think you had to put Jordan Willis on the roster. He's a playoff hero. He was with the team last year. I think you just got to give him that spot. But I'm excited that Teray has moved up and I think he's going to get after it. Yeah. And as far as the, the line matchup, against the Seahawks. I'm not as scared of them, even though they do have Shelby Harris, who could, um, he could do some damage in the middle of our, D- our offensive line. Uh, I feel better about that matchup than I did going into this bears matchup. And our defensive line, I think is going to be amazing compared to their offensive line again, which is going to be the case most weeks, you know, going in, we better have the edge because that's our bread and butter right there. But Nick Bose is going to eat this week. Yeah. And the only thing is, like, this is a Pete Carroll Seahawks team. You know they don't care who the opponent is, especially if it's in the division. They will scrap. So you cannot make the same mistakes as last week. You cannot keep them in the game. 
as soon as you hit the field, you have to have the pedal to the metal and let's get a lead. Let's get a lead fast. Yeah. If we play from ahead, I think it's going to be hard to beat this 49ers team because we can run the ball well. And this defense is just going to pin their ears back and come after you every play. I think, do you think this is going to be a Geno Smith coming out party or a Geno Smith come back to earth situation? I think he's going to be a little bit of a comeback to earth. I think, again, because it was such a big game, because it was Monday night football, nationally televised, and you get a little bit of that adrenaline dump, you're one day behind. So I think they're going to come out a little bit flat because they're coming off such a high win. So I think regardless, they're going to have you know, a little something missing there. So we got to take advantage of that. We got to get off to a fast start and just just stick to it. Just press it. Yeah, as far as that, this game against them coming up, I think me and you talked about it earlier off camera. Um, different different sides of the coin here where I think Seahawks just had their Super Bowl. They their, their game against the Broncos was their fucking Super Bowl for the year. They unloaded everything. They blew their load. They're coming in here. Going to be hopefully coming down from a high. The 49ers didn't showcase much plays on offense. Uh, Kyle didn't really do anything crazy. He's going to come into this game, hopefully hungry to make a statement, and he's ready to unload everything on the offensive side of the ball. So I think it's just a disparity between those two teams where we should have the upper hand, and we have a week's worth of tape now on Geno Smith, which we shouldn't be worried in the first place about Geno, but he had a good game. Credit to him. We have film on him now. Let's see how they do after we, you know, saw what they were able to do week one. Yeah. And I mean, they weren't the deepest at, in the secondary to begin with, but now they are missing, you know, the high ticket acquisition as good or as bad as he is, is Jamal Adams. You know what I mean? Does Jamal Adams have to be like one of the worst trades of all time? It has to be up there, dude. I mean, not just the trade, but the contract. And the fact that you can't even really expect this guy who is a secondary player who should be like around the ball, at least have some pass breakups, maybe a pick or two. But like, what does he have? Like one interception in his entire career? Like, this is pretty bad, bro. Okay. So the trade turned into Bradley McDougal, who is a starting safety, and Elijah Vera Tucker, a lineman at a USC. And Garrett Wilson at Ohio State. So, and a third round pick. Who did the third round pick become? Doesn't say who the third round pick is. Oh, well. But that's already better than what you have in Jamal Adams. They should just push him down. Make him a linebacker. Yeah, because this guy cannot, he can't cover. Yeah, I mean, his best trait is being able to rush the passer. How is that your best trait when you're a fucking safety? When we play against them, they want Kittle to play against uh, Jamal Adams. Let's see. In 2020, no interceptions on the Seahawks. 2021, he had a great, his career year, two interceptions. And this year, no interceptions, obviously. So you traded all these, you traded basically two first round picks, a third round pick and a starting player for 31 tackles last year. Or 87 total. In 2020, he had nine and a half sacks, which is pretty amazing. But that's not what you got him to do. You got him to play safety, not 
be a defensive end. So I don't know, man. He's injured now. I, I think to me, what makes it a terrible trade is you didn't have to pay him. Like if you saw that he's not great at what he's supposed to do, just you know, take the L and don't pay him. But I think they wanted to save face and look look like, oh yeah, we gave up all this stuff, but he's still on the team, so we have to pay him what he wants. He's when a instead, glue guy. He brings, you know, the atmosphere. He brings the Ugh. which now you look even more dumb because you paid him and he's not even playing. So yeah, but bad, all bad marks all around. Say, yeah, all that to say, I think the 49ers do have a bounce back game. I think they win it. I think Kyle Shanahan has a bounce back game. I think he showcases like, hey, I'm still top dog around here. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, we're looking for a huge bounce back game for the 49ers. Trey Lance going to look better. Hopefully we find the end zone. End- Enzern. Hopefully, heavily find the Enzern a lot more. Uh, hopefully, find the end zone a lot more than we did last game, and the run game gets going to really help out this young quarterback who is trying to play that game manager role. And he he looked the part a little bit last week. Everything kind of crumbled around him, so we got to do a better job of like keeping the world together for this guy. And we already took a look at the betting lines. It is ridiculous. Uh, going off of last week, we did not make our bet, but look forward hey, to we should yeah, 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 I'm gonna stop you right there. We should have fucking had it, dude. That was bullshit. It was the bet was 49ers minus seven. And again, before half, they should have been up three scores. It was ridiculous. They were dominating but, that entire but before game. you before you go off. I just want to say this is uh, our full podcast, but we do have now exclusive YouTube content which will be where we discuss all of our gambling picks for the 49ers. We will be discussing every week going to the game, our 49ers diamond pick of the week, one bet on the 49ers could be a prop bet, could be cover the spread, could be straight up win, could be against the 49ers. The Seahawks are like plus 300 this week. Am I right? Plus 320. So then, you know, interesting bet there, Gino, what's good. <laughs> I ain't writing you off. I'm writing a check. Um, but yeah, look forward to that YouTube exclusive content if you're into gambling and you want to bet with us. So go ahead and hit that channel. Go ahead and follow, subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. It really helps us as far as the algorithm. Yeah, links in the description as always and in the information for this show on whatever audio platform you're listening to, YouTube link. Click it. Come make some money with us because we're going to win the bet next week. I guarantee it. Would you bet on that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Uh, I think that's all we got for today. Yep. Sounds good to me.